This is a talk for Sunday the 25th of April 2021 and it looks at the famous passage from John chapter 10 verses 11 to 18. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. I have rediscovered my camera just recently, partly so that I can use the pictures in the videos I've been making. This is a wonderful time for wild flowers, but I've quickly learned that if I want to take pictures of them, I have to wait for the sun to come out. If it's cold and dull, they close up, but even with a little bit of sunshine, they're open to their full beauty. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, says Jesus in that Gospel reading. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Imagine you might have heard one or two sermons on Jesus the Good Shepherd. I certainly have preached a few over the years. Jesus is picking up on a familiar theme that runs through the Old Testament in which the spiritual leaders of Israel and the Lord himself is compared to a shepherd. The contrast is made between the Good Shepherd who looks after the sheep and the bad ones who don't. Jesus is making a huge claim about himself by saying that he is the good shepherd. It's almost as if he's saying, I am the one David was talking about. The good shepherd cares about the sheep because they are his sheep. When the wolf comes, he's not going to run away because they belong to him. The person who's paid to be there is going to, not going to endanger his life for someone else's sheep. He will run away, but the owner of the sheep will put himself between them and danger. I was talking to someone locally who keeps sheep and he was saying that, the sh that sheep are very good at dying. No matter how many ways you think of to keep them safe, they are very creative about getting themselves into trouble. They take an awful lot of looking after. So the shepherd's main job is to keep them safe and to ensure that they have the plenty of the right kind of things to eat. He leads them in and out and they find pasture, says Jesus. The best outcome for the shepherd is that he should have healthy, happy, plump sheep. But the verse I want to focus on with you is the one I mentioned earlier, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. There are things that take and things that give, things that empty us and things that fill us, things that kill us and things that give life. God's will for us is that we should know abundant life. Who is the thief? 
It's not quite clear who Jesus is talking about. He's surrounded by religious teachers who should have the welfare of the people in their hearts, but are jealous of him and worried about their own power. Maybe he's talking about them. They are the ones who load religious duties onto others, but are not prepared to carry it themselves. Instead of giving people life, they're sucking the life out of them. Let's think about the thieves we are faced with. What is there that threatens your abundant life? What stops you living life to the full? I'd guess there are two kinds of things, thieves from outside and thieves from inside. Perhaps there are people who stand between you and the fullness of life. People who manipulate you, who control you in some way. There might even be people who are long dead but whose voices still sound in your head telling you that you're no good, that you can't do this or mustn't do that. Maybe there are circumstances in your life, health, pressure, finances. Maybe there are internal themes, fears and prejudices, destructive habits, even addictions that sap your energy, divert your attention, waste your time. These things can attach themselves to us like leeches. And although as far as the world is concerned, we may be managing fine and continuing to function, we know that our life is not what it could be or should be because we're having the life sucked out of us. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, if you can't name any predators in your life, things that come between you and abundant life, then you are doing very well indeed. Sheep are good at dying. Blue tongue, black leg, pink eye, white muscle disease, ringworm, scrapey, foot rock, foot rot, ticks, tapeworms, stomach worms, mastitis, foxes, dogs, poachers, cliff edges, cars, you name it, sheep will find a way to make it kill them. But the list of unhealthy, life-denying, joy-sucking things we humans find to load our life down with is even longer. What is there in your life that stands between you and the fullness of life God wants for you? What are the thieves in your world? Now, I can't answer that question for you, but you can, and you need the care of the Good Shepherd. God's will for you is that you should have abundant life. God's desire for you is that you should blossom like the churchyard when the sun comes out. God's purpose for your life is that the clouds and the rain should pass and that the sun should shine so that you open up like a flower. God wants you to be happy, healthy and plump. Of course, religion isn't always good for people. To our shame, religion could be one of the thieves that sneaks over the wall and kills the sheep. This is what made Jesus so angry time and again, and why God in the Old Testament has a special word of condemnation for the false shepherds who prey on the sheep. Over the centuries, people in power have found that religion is a way in which you can control people. When I was a teenager, there was a rise in car crime. Nothing to do with me. There was a moral panic about it, and I can remember a government minister making a connection between, with a decline in church going. Young people need the fear of hell put back in them, he said. And even as a teenager, that struck me as a ridiculous thing to say. 
No, minister, young people need to know the love of God for them so that they value themselves as God values them and so don't get sucked into a cycle of destructive behaviour. Religion becomes a means of controlling people. It becomes one of the themes. Maybe it's even one of your themes. Perhaps there are things that you have been put that have been put onto you by the church which do not make for abundant living. And if that is so, that is not God's will for you. God's will is that you should know life in all its fullness. So what would fullness of life look like? It's more than happiness, although that is part of it. It's more than having stuff, although that might be part of it. It's about riches, but not the kind you can keep in a bank. Fullness of life is about purpose, about dignity, about knowing that we are loved. I pray, says St Paul in his letter to the Ephesians, that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Life without purpose, without love, without God, may be full of any manner of things and still be completely empty. The life God wants for us may be lacking many of the things people struggle for, but still full to overflowing. You may have wondered why I started off this talk by talking about flowers and then went straight on to talking about sheep. It's because I think that God wants us to be able to open up like a flower in the sunshine to receive the abundance of his blessings poured down on us. We can easily pick up a rather grim view of God. What God wants for us is fullness of life, not condemnation or judgment or grief and emptiness. Those things are thieves that sneak in over the wall. What God wants for us is that we should open up like a flower in the sunshine of his love. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, for ever and ever. Amen. <laughs>